In today's show, we're recapping the action from Monday in the NBA. An update on Ja Moran as well, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care and pantry goods. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to look ahead, or not look ahead, to look back on the seven games from Monday in the NBA warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, the update on Ja Morant is that he has no timeline to return. He has traveled down to Florida to check into a counseling retreat, I guess it is, to get a lot of his um, personal issues under control. And from the whispers you're hearing, or I don't know if you're hearing, but I'm hearing them, is that there's a lot of stuff going on here with Ja that's not just surface stuff that we've seen flash up. And... We hope that he's okay and gets the help that he needs, whatever situation he's going through. But there was a report from Mark Spears who said if he is was a betting man, that he does not expect Jar to play this season. Now, I don't know whether that was playoffs or regular season included. And that, of course, does not preclude Jar from playing or mean that he's definitely out. But it also means that he's not coming back this week pretty clearly. He's got two more games left on that initial four games that they said. Well, there was two games and there was four games. So he's there was six games initially. So he's got two more games to go with that. There is no way he is coming back this week. Probably no way he's coming back next week. In fact, I think it would be a massive shock if he is back before the end of March. But I don't know. Again, that quote from Spears, this checking into Florida rehab situation, rehab counseling, sorry, not retreat, not rehab. Um, makes me think that he's out a while and I don't think he's going to factor in the fantasy playoffs. So Tyus Jones, full steam ahead. Um, and if you need to drop Jai, you need to drop him. That's just the way this is. We, we don't have an update. It's frustrating um, from a fantasy perspective, but we just hope that everything can get sorted out because we want to see him back on the court, obviously. The Celtics gave us an update on the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. And it was nothing. <laughs> it was like he's going to ramp up in the next couple of days and start to do a little bit more work, but still no timeline to return. So let's just rule him out for the rest of this week, meaning that Derek White's value stays higher, Al Horford's value stays higher. Your deeper leagues, you can look a little bit at maybe a Blake Griffin or a Mike Muscala or Sam Hauser, but they're going to move those guys in and out. But just not great news for Rob Williams with no timetable there. So they're going to rule him out for that week. Um, for the Spurs, they have ruled Trey Jones out with uh, the world's longest illness. He's out on Tuesday. Malachi Branham is out, while Jeremy Sohan is questionable and Keldon Johnson is questionable. Whose horse is that? Zach Collins is not on the injury report on the first day of a back-to-back. I'm pretty, I'd be pretty surprised if he plays in the game on Wednesday, and they're just going to continue to be a mess. But no Jones, no Branham. Devontae Graham, value way up. Blake Wesley, value up as well. Both of those guys could play 30 minutes because Trey Jones has been their point guard. Malachi Branham has been their point guard and they're both gone. So it's going to be Graham, 
and Wesley handling that job. And then you've got Vassell. Vassell is likely to play. He's not listed at all. So it's uh, Sohan and Keldon Johnson who are uh, in some doubt of being able to play. And again, it is a back-to-back, and I just don't really see how or why, or not why. I know why they should play. I don't think the Spurs are going to play them. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, down, the, down the track here. Most added players off the waiver wire over the last 24 hours. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Isaiah Livers, 29%. That was an absolute bust. That just busted all over us. Not good at all. He had played pretty well up until today. And then, to make matters worse, he left the game with a hip injury. He's going to put his status in doubt for tomorrow. Bloody hell. Um, Killian Hayes worked okay, but he got caseyed as well. He only played 29 minutes. He was up 19%. Still hold him for sure. I, don't, I think there's going to be some shenanigans with the Pistons tomorrow in their lineups. There were shenanigans today. We'll see what happens. Jalen Suggs up 15% with the uncertainty around Franz Wagner. Totally okay. DiVincenzo up 13. I like that. Isaiah Jackson had 2,002 minutes today, but played 27 minutes. A pretty good ad there. They don't play again. I think it's until Thursday, the Pacers, which does limit the value there. Because we just, yeah, they don't play till Thursday. We don't know if Halliburton, Mather, and Turner. Duarte even, who left today, or McConnell are going to play. That's five guys that we don't know about. Um, and I, yeah, you could hold Jackson, but do you hold for zeros and zeros when then literally when they're all healthy, he might get a zero as well? Probably not. Malik Monk up 12%. Good for a three-game in four-night stream. That's a solid ad. Um, Jingle and Joe, again, that dicked us over, didn't it? He played the last two back-to-backs, and they come out today and say, ah, he's actually going to sit the first game of back-to-back, which is today. So, yeah, sit on it. You can't do much about that, can you? It's just shit that happens. Like, you use all the available information you have. Ingles is playing well. Ingles has played their last two back-to-backs. And then he doesn't. What can you do? Talon Horton-Tucker up 9%. Took a while for people to jump on board. And to do it at the start of a two-game week is weird. He wasn't very good today. They don't play again until Saturday. So, hope that was a good ad for you. Get that garbage out of here! Let's look at the most dropped players. I agree with some of these. I don't agree with all of them, as is the case nearly all the time when we do this. Dylan Wright down 11%. I don't know that I would have done that. It wasn't a great game from him yesterday, but they do play again Tuesday, so I probably would have held. Same with Dan Gafford down 9%, and especially with Kyle Kuzma, the future MVP, on the injury report as questionable. I probably would have held on there. I don't think we need to do that with Mark Williams, unfortunately. Oh, hi, Mark. I still don't think... Let me rephrase. I still think there's a decent chance he doesn't play again this season. He has been ruled out of Tuesday. He already missed Saturday, Sunday. And then they don't play. They play one more game this week. And that one game is on Friday, I believe. So, yeah, Friday they play. So he's not playing Tuesday. So you're going to have no Tuesday, no Wednesday, no Thursday, maybe Friday, and then no Saturday, Sunday. If this is your final matchup, you obviously drop. If it's semifinal, it's do or die. You need to make those calls. And I understand people dropping. Cam Reddish down 9%. We don't know whether Lillard or Jeremy Grant are going to play tomorrow. They're both questionable for the Blazers. Probably would have held on to Reddish, to be honest. Same with Thibault, who's down 8%. Again, people always seem to just drop him and drop him and drop him. He got, what, three steals last game? What more do you want? Isaiah Joe down 8%. Totally understandable there. Shea is back for their next game, so Joe can be dropped. Marvin Bagley, the third, down 7%. Yep, he's probably going to miss this week. See you later. And Malik Beasley, down 6%. Now, the Lakers do have four games and six nights coming up. Beasley is only a stream option for points and threes. But again, four games and six nights makes him a little bit valuable even if his overall per-game upside is somewhat limited with how poorly he's shooting and how limited his game is overall. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Groceries, school supplies, getting something for yourself, you're already going to do it. So why don't you get some cash back for it with Ibotta? 
watch your closet grow after purchasing all this season's latest trends? Maybe. But how about you also watch your cashback grow with each purchase with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than at the start of the year. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover a shopping trip, a dinner, a flight that you're looking to take, essentials, whatever you need to do, you get real cash back from hundreds of online brands and retailers as well. When you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, and Sephora, Best Buy, Best Buy, and more. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five bucks just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register with Ibotta. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Let's do the games. First one, the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. Hmm. Pistons smacked them 117-97. As I said, no Turner, no Halliburton, no Eggs Benedict Matherin, no McConnell, and then Duarte left after 24 minutes scoring 12, 12 points. So we had some wild stuff. And it's, it's great to see some good games. Neesmith, 15-6-4, two steals and a block, 31 minutes. I don't trust it, and I wouldn't add him. They don't play till Thursday. Jordan Wara, 20-4, three threes. Great, shot the ball really well. Got two steals as well. He's at least a stream option for Thursday, but there's so many guys out that really very little of this matters. Isaiah Jackson, as I said, 2,002 minutes, but ended with 27 minutes. A coach that actually didn't foul his own player out, amazingly. 11-6 with two steals and a block, but Sticks, uh, Smitty? No, yeah, Sticks, Jalen Smith. Four points on 22%. That's the sticks we know. The rest was okay. Eight rebounds, a block. That's not too bad. He missed both his free throws as well. He was a worthy stream, but he shit the bed. And then Andy Nembhard, 15-4-7. Absolutely, totally reasonable performance. If Halliburton's out, we go back to the Nembhard well on Thursday. But with the uncertainty around these guys, I don't think he's worth a hold. Bud Heald was questionable heading into this game. And they just said, just play half a game, mate. You don't need to do much more than that. Seven points in 22 minutes for Buddy on 25% shooting as they basically just gave the game away. For the Pistons, they were without Bogdanovich, Ivy, Bagley, Stewart, Burks, Diallo, Cunningham, all those guys, of course. That's like seven guys that you'd say are rotation players, all not in the rotation, not available. So you know, when you can rely on 32 minutes of Corey Joseph and 32 minutes of Rodney Magruder and get a win to worsen your lottery odds, you've got to take every opportunity to not only not develop players, but also worsen the future of your team. Corey Joseph played 32 minutes, 22-5-5 five and five with five threes. I'm not saying Corey Joseph played bad. He played pretty well. But, man, what are we doing here? There's two more games in three nights for the Pistons. Joseph could be an option. He could also sit tomorrow and rest. Killian Hayes had 10 points, 11 assists, and two steals. He shot poorly. He was off to a red-hot start, but struggled a little bit. I'm still rolling with Killian in 12-team leagues. While Jalen Duran, I thought, was great. 24 minutes for the passport legend coming off the bench. 12 and 11, one steal and two blocks. Now, my concern here is that I, I haven't heard anything to say that Jalen Duran's on a minutes limit, yet they're still playing him behind James Wiseman. When I don't know how you can watch any Pistons game and go, yeah, you know what? Wiseman's the option here. It makes no sense. Plus 21 for Duran, minus one for Wiseman. That doesn't mean everything, but it means a lot when you watch the game as well. Duran should be rostered, but I'm a little worried they're going to keep him behind Wiseman because reasons. Jimmy 
had 18 and 14, Marvin Bagley the fourth, with three blocks there on 53% shooting. So that's a that's good statistical game from Wiseman. Good fantasy game. And both Wiseman and Duran should be rostered. But Wiseman's had a knee issue. Duran's had an ankle issue. Two ankle issues, apparently. Are they even going to play tomorrow? I don't know. Um, Scooter Magruder, 18 points, five rebounds, four threes and a start. I, again, what for? I don't know. They don't have many options, so that I get it. Um, but he was, he was all right. So he's at least on the stream list, as is Eugene Omarui, who started, played 32 minutes, had 17 and six with three steals. I think he might be a player. Um, not a good one, but at least a guy who's a real NBA contract player. He's on a, a 10 day at the moment. A guy who might you battle around for a rotation spot on a non-playoff team. I think he's all right. And if we get guys resting tomorrow, like I don't expect Bogdanovich or Ivy to play tomorrow or obviously Bagley or Burks. I don't think any of them play tomorrow. Omari might be an option for us. I thought Livers might be an option for us, but he had two points on 14% in 20 minutes and then hurt his hip. If he is out tomorrow, well, that really fires up your Omaruis. Probably fires up your Magruders as well. I thought Roderick Hampton Jr. was pretty good here too. 15, 6, and 3 with three threes with a bunch of guys out. But look, their roster, their rotation is going to be messy so many times this season. You are going to have so many issues of trying to figure it out, not being able to, and getting frustrated with it. That is just what is going to happen this season, I am pretty sure, or the rest of this season. The Grizzlies get a comfortable victory here over the Dallas Mavericks, 104-88. Still no jar, obviously no Adams. How about uh, David Roddy Piper? 26 minutes, 19 and 5, a steal and a block. Now, he's shooting the lights out, 73%. But the fact that he's getting 26 minutes where Aldama plays 21 and Xavier T. Ewan plays under 25 is very interesting. That's two big games in a row for Roddy. If I'm in a 16-teamer, he's worth looking at. I don't know that it extends necessarily to 12-team leagues as a consistent must-roster type scenario. And they don't play... They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So an interesting little three-game and four-night stretch coming up. He's he's interesting enough for me that I, I would put him on the radar here, David Roddy. And, you know... In that deeper format, I would consider it. In a 12, I'm probably not quite there. Two things went his way here, but it was interesting. What went his way was Jaron Jackson played only 24 minutes. He had seven and six with four fouls. And they went with Roddy Moore, as that meant the guys like, well, you couldn't get any Jackson at center minutes. So we had all Aldama and Tillman there, and Tillman played 24 and a half, and Aldama played 22 and a half. X had eight and five with three steals and a block. Still pretty good. Still worth having on your roster. And Aldama, 10 and nine is more of a deeper league stream. But the Roddy one's interesting. Uh, Desi Bain had 23, seven and seven. And Brooksy had 19, three and five. Yeah, you still get it, mate. The world. 37% shooting. Wasn't a great game from Tyus Jones. 13, five and three, but don't care. He's got to be rostered. The Mavericks were without Irving, Doncic and Wood. So I'm pretty surprised I actually got to 88 points. Joshy Green. This is a standard thing now. Kyrie, Luca out. Josh Green plays well. 23, 5, and 7. I don't expect Kyrie and Luca to be out long-term, but I don't know. So Green would be an interesting stream, but he's also not somewhere I go, oh, I must add him for Tuesday um, just to make sure I get him in because if those guys play Wednesday, Green becomes useless. Same with Jaden Harvey. Not Harvey, Jaden Hardy, who went really crazy. 28 and 8, 5 threes, steal a block, took 25 shots. It's got a lot of Cam Thomas to it. And that everyone was out and he's going to take his shots and played 41 minutes. They just didn't go in with the Thomas efficiency. So he's worth a stream when those guys are out, but that is it. You can also look, McKinley Wright had nine and six. And Justin Holiday, buyout starting legend, played 17 minutes with everyone out. 
Um, not much else going on here. We knew there was going to be an absolute turd from Tim Hardaway. Five points on 20% shooting with two rebounds and two assists. It's what he does. It's written in stone. We got it from Mount Sinai. Tim Hardaway will have hot and cold streaks every three games. We know this is going to happen. So you've got to try and guess when it goes on. It doesn't actually seem to matter who's in, who's out. He's just shit in consistency. Like Malik Beasley. This is what these guys are like. And we have to understand that when we roster them. That at any point... You either have to say, I'm committing to this guy for two weeks because the good and the bad will average and trying to predict when it's going to be good or bad is impossible. Or as soon as you see a bad one, you just cut bait. Oh, well, we try it for one game on, we try it and we see what happens. And I reckon that might be the better way to uh, better way to approach that because it is, again, it's pretty frustrating to know that there's just so much inconsistency in his game. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. The NBA playoffs are almost here. It is the perfect time to download Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. Brand new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Fangio Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line, point scorers, three-pointers drained, whatever it is you're looking for, Fangio has you covered. We have a look at tomorrow's games. We have got an absolute burn Burn burner? That's not what I was trying to say. Barn burner. Between the Wizards and the Pistons, 11.5 point favorites, the Wizards. Well, the Pistons are going to have no one in. It's on a back-to-back. They've got Dwayne Casey, so the Wizards are probably going to win that. Can they cover by 11.5? I think probably yes. But Fangio also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangio.com slash locked on. That's fangio.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game, the Utah Jazz. They lose to the Heat 119-115. The Jazz were once again without Colin Sexton. And their next game doesn't come until Saturday. They were also without the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. So we got a good game out of Simone Fontecchio. 30 minutes, 23 points, 5 threes. Massive volume, 29 usage, 17 shots. I don't really think we can bank on that. He's had a couple of good games with a bunch of stinkers thrown in there. So we're definitely not adding him with no games coming up. And the other one is Chris Dunn, who played 21 minutes, 9, 6, and 8. Now, the Dunn thing, he's been a top 100 player over the last week. He's been a top 70 player per game this season. That's awesome for an absolute found money waiver wire guy. But his second 10-day is going to come up in the next two days. And the next time the Jazz play on Saturday, I have no idea whether Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson are going to be available and whether Dunn is A, going to be on the roster or B, in the rotation. And also holding on to him for four days of no action is worthless. I would not do it. So he can get jacked. Get that garbage out of here! Same with Horton Tucker, who has served as well. Top 40 over the last week. 9, 6, and 8 with a steal on 23% is dreadful. I'll see you later. I'll get someone else in for these four games. Again, who probably could be a backup by the time they come back to action on Saturday. Agbaji, 14 points. like He's scoring okay, but there's no real fantasy value in him. And then Markkinen, 38 and 8, three steals, a block, and six triples. We love that. Really hard. I don't think you can drop Larry Markkinen. Kessler becomes the interesting one. 7 and 9 with a block for Walker. Probably is still a hold, but again, it's zeros for four days. If you are in the fantasy finals, is one game of Walker-Kessler worth... And one game on Saturday of Walker Kessler, worth it versus the five games you should be able to get through that roster spot? Probably not. Let's say it's even four games. If it was a two versus four, I could argue it. A one versus four, I don't think I can. So if this is your final week, you do move on. If it's not your final week, you've got to look, hey, how likely is it I'm going to be down big in games or I'm going to be real tight battle? 
and then you make that call. Marketing, I'd probably hold. Kessler, I probably would, but it's debatable. The rest, see you later, including Kelly Linick, who had three, five, and seven. He's not worth holding for that. He, I assure you, no one's going to rush to add Kelly Linick. Maybe you go back and add him on Friday. For the Heat, 31 minutes for Jim Butler. Because he's my butler. Really good game across the board. 24 and 8, 4 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Unbelievably 13 of 15 from the line, which you love. 36 from the field's rough, but everything else is good. Well, Gabriel Vincent, he started with Kyle Lowry back again. Played 27 minutes, had one of his best games. 18, 3 and 3, 3 steals and 4 triples. I don't buy it for a single second. He had the opportunity and I believed in him and he, he pissed him my mouth. So I'm not interested. Move on. Not that I, I don't hold grudges in fantasy at all. I just don't know that there's enough value there in Gabe. As for Lowry, 36 minutes in his first game back, 19 in this one, 9, 1, and 4. And someone straight after that big game, they said, hey, do you see a must add in 10s? I'm, like, oh, I'm not so sure about that, but I'd consider it in 12s. Well, now I really don't know. Is he a 28 minute guy? Is he a 20 minute guy? Is he a bench player moving forward? It looks like he is. And I, I did say that at the time that I think Vincent might keep the starting job. But then, of course, as soon as I said that, Vincent sucked. But maybe he is going to keep the starting position. And that makes Lowry just a streamer. Kevin Love, absolutely not a 12-team league guy. And Caleb Martin returned and had 10 points in 27 with two steals. He's a 12-team streamer, but that's about it. Hero was okay. I think it's been an interesting season from Hero, who started off really well, but has really sort of fallen back and been a little bit disappointing over the last month or two. But 18-6 and 2 is not terrible. And Adebayo had 16 and 9. Not much more there. Oh, yeah, Max Struess out of the rotation in the second half. He's still rostered in 20% of 12-team leagues. Hopefully, it's by the teams who are no longer in the playoffs. Because you're in the playoffs and you're rostering Max Struess. Well, I don't know how you got there. The Minnesota Timberwolves blow out the Atlanta Hawks. 136-115. Before this game, Rudy Gobert was questionable. We thought, oh, what is he going to play? What's going on? Did we just stream Nas Reed just in case? Well, Gobert played and Reed didn't. And Reed wasn't even on the injury report. So that was one of the most blown waiver ads if you took that chance you've ever seen. And again, we only can go on available information. Hey, there's a 50-50 chance here Gobert doesn't play, meaning there's a 50-50 chance that Reed goes off. And it turns out that Reed doesn't play when we had no inkling of that whatsoever. Frustrating. Gobert had 14-8-4 with three blocks. That's pretty good. Kyle Anderson was great. 14, 10, and 12, two steals, two blocks, still available in 50% of leagues. He needs to be rostered. Goose had 32, 8, and 5 with a steal and two blocks. That is, of course, Anthony Edwards. Um, he was strong. While Conley had 21, 1, and 6, one of his better games. Good game from J.D. McDaniels as well to get 80% shooting for 19 points. I think he had their first, like, eight of their first 10 points or something. Something crazy to begin the game. With no Nas Reed, Luca Gaza was the backup, and he did what he did. He scored 14 points on seven shots, and him and Nate Knight split a lot of those minutes, but Gaza seems to be the guy that if someone's out, he gets the call, and that gives at least 20 team leagues someone to pay a little bit of attention to. For the Hawks, Trey Young, 41, 6, and 7. He is doing his thing, and DeJounte Murray is not. Although, I would argue, maybe he is, and hear me out. Murray was bad in this game. 11-5, two assists and two steals, 33% shooting, missed both his free throws. He's struggling. Absolutely no doubt about that. Remember when the Yahoo and ESPN preseason ranks came out and he was seventh, which was clearly insane. I think I had him 25 or 30, right? But I also maintained a lot during the season. Go, we've, people go, DeJounte Murray, don't worry. He's, he's unbelievable. He's going to get his. And what I said was, is he? Or was last season the one season outlier from Murray where everything was geared towards him on a tanking team and he just did whatever he wanted? And I think, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, 
I think that that is appearing more likely to be the case, that he looked like this awesome player last season for the Spurs, but in reality, that's probably not who he is. And he's sort of struggling here a bit. Now, he's definitely better than what we saw today. But that level of production that we saw last season was, and we're not really going to get it with the Spurs this season because a lot of those guys are much worse than DeJounte, like Keldon Johnson. But like a lot of people will tell me, yeah, Keldon Johnson can still be a 20-point-per-game scorer on a playoff team. Like, there's absolutely no way that he can be. He is just doing it because there's no one else there, and he is not that guy. And I, I felt similarly about DeJounte, not to that same extent. So where he goes from here is a little bit interesting. The Hawks have a bad schedule. They do not play until Friday now. So these peripheral players, like Johnny Collins, who's got the minutes back up, but 6-5 and five isn't good enough. Sadiq Bey, who's lost the minutes, is 6-5 and five in 25 minutes. You, you don't hold them. It's four days of three days of zeros, and they're only fringe 12-team league guys anyway. Get that garbage out of here! Same goes for Bogdan Bogdanovic, who Quinn Snyder doesn't seem to like that much. 20 minutes, 2 points, 13%. And DeAndre Hunter was okay, 15-2-2, 2, 35% shooting. But we know, he's not a great category league player. So is he actually worth a hold? Probably not. And then at center, I don't know what to do now. Because we were seeing some big games for Capella and Okongwu getting marginalized. And then we got 22 minutes for Capella with no fouls. Okay. 10-10 and 10 with two blocks, still not a bad game. But we got 25 minutes out of Okongwu, 16-14 and 14 with a steal and a block. Which turns it back into a minute split. So it just appears like Snyder's just saying, let's just see what happens, eh? We'll just change things around. We'll see how combinations work and we'll go from there. So it makes us into a spot where you can't really drop Kapala for the three games of no, no, three days of no games and you probably can't drop a Kongwu because that production is great. But who knows, man? Because a Kongwu prior to this game, or even, look, even including this game, a Kongwu is 171st over the last week. Not really good enough. But that game makes you go, oh, that is good enough. And he got the minutes over Kapala in this one, which is, again, an interesting development in the way that they're running their rotations. The next game, the Boston Celtics, they lose to the Houston Rockets, 111-109. The Celtics were without, of course, Rob Williams, as we mentioned. So Derek White played 27 minutes and had 9, 5, and 3. He's been a little bit disappointing of late. That's not a great game. While Brogdon had 20 in 29 minutes, and Horford had just the two points in his 28 minutes, but he had a steal and two blocks to help provide a bit of value. I thought Jalen Brown was really strong. JB, you've done it again. And Jason Tatum struggled, but played well late. 22, 8, and 6 on 36% shooting. He's had a few of those um, those games of um, poor shooting Tatum recently. Not much more to talk about with the Celtics. Marcus Smart had 28 minutes for 6 points. Not great. I would still be holding Smart, but that's obviously not great production. And Sammy Hauser had just the 1-3 in his 23 minutes. And Grant Williams at least snuck in for 8 minutes, but he is very much in Joe Mazzulla. Sneaky Joe Mazzulla's doghouse for the Rockets. It's, it seems like it's happening. Ah, it took a long time, but we're here. 36 minutes for Jabari Smith, who started at center because Alpren Shangun was probable, then ruled uh, downgraded to out, which very, very rarely happens. Jabari had 24 and 11 with five threes, a steal, and a block. That's about three games in a row where he's saying, yes, Josh, this is why you thought he could be a top 80 player. He just didn't do it for 60 games. He did shoot 82% here, which of course has no chance of happening. I actually think he's a better player playing at center. I don't know if they'll go with that or what they'll do, but that was interesting. Well, Tari preseason, regular season, tank season, played 35 minutes and was very bad. Well, not very bad, but not good. Six, nine, and two with a block. Missed both his free throws, inefficient from the field. I still think we're holding him, but this wasn't a great game. Um, KJ Martin had 20 and eight. Well, Kevin Porter Jr., 38 minutes. 
which includes a trip to the bench where it looked like he was going to be out for the game with an injury. He returned 14-6-13 with three steals. And Jalen Green played 28 well, played 40 minutes and scored 28 points, the Filipino legend. Seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals. And of course, he shot 28%. That is just who Jalen Green is. And we're at that stage now. Prove it or else you're just a punt field goal guy in one of the worst ways possible. But they win. Good for them. That efficiency stuff with Green is a real problem. And Jabari looking like, huh, maybe not a complete bust. In fact, looking if he keeps this up, he actually looks really good. And part of the problem now is going to be that when we go to do things for next season, we're going to go, yeah, but remember Jabari? Remember what he did in March and April? And the same way we looked at Jalen Green. So remember what Jalen did in March and April? We're seeing that from Jabari here. And this roster is going to be pretty different. Another high pick. Maybe James Harden. And things are going to be a little bit interesting as to how it works out. But at least we're seeing a massive chunk of positives here from Jabari Smith Jr. Let's do the last two games of the night. The Suns and the Warriors. The Warriors win it 123-112. Ayton was big with 27 and 12. Booker, 32 points. And Chris Paul, just the 11. His shooting's been a real issue this season. 39%, 11, 5, and 11. Not a bad game, but the shooting's been a problem. Josh Okoge, uh, the minutes are there. But as I've mentioned many times, that little hot streak he had was the perfect confluence of events. Unbelievable, unsustainable, career-best shooting that would be career-best for any player. And more minutes. And now the minutes have stuck, but he's back to being a terrible shooter. 11-3-2 with two threes. Is he a 12-team league guy? Probably. Probably. But our expectations should be limited. Torrey Craig had only two points, but he did have two blocks, which gave him some value. But not much else. Terrence Ross, Tim Hardaway. There we go. Three points, 15 minutes, 20% shooting. Not reliable. These guys are dart throw players that if you need to cut Josh Okogie for someone else, do it. Who cares? If you need to cut Terrence Ross, do it. doesn't matter. They were trying to find different combinations in this game. They just couldn't get anything to work, really. And that limited some players' minutes. But we know the limitations of these guys. For the Warriors, Clay was unbelievable. 38 points, 8 triples. He was great. Steph only had 23, 7, and 5, but still was highly efficient with 4 threes. And Draymond, what a Draymond line this is. 4, 6, and 4, 2 steals, 3 blocks. That's an amazing category league line. Good to see Jordan Poole do a bit better. 20 points, 6 assists, 31 minutes. But DiVincenzo struggled, didn't fill it up at all. 10 points, 2 threes, not much else there. Still hold Dante. Um, Poole, yes, we're still holding. It was a good Jermichael Green game as well. Only that's a deeper league one, but 9.7 boards. 2 steals and a block. They were without Wiggins, Kaminga, Payton. Also, unless they sign Ty Jerome, Milk, or Anthony Lamb to a standard contract, they're done. Or unless they sign another player. Because there's a rule, which I didn't know this rule until not long ago. Your two-way guys can play 50 games each, but they can only play 50 games each if you have 15 players on your roster. If you have 14 regular contracts on your roster, those two two two-way guys can only combine for 90 games. So they were able to go above that because they had Lester Quinones on a 10-day contract. So they could play Milk, which I think is up to 46 games. They could play it up to the 100, and now Kinone's contract has expired. They didn't sign a replacement 10 days, so the limit is now 90. So both Lamb and Jerome are ineligible. So either Lamb needs to take the 15th spot, Jerome needs to take the 15th spot, and if Lamb takes the 15th spot, then Jerome can play up to his 50. Or someone else gets signed to a 10-day, then Jerome can get to his 50. So if you're wondering why they didn't play, that's why. I hope that wasn't too convoluted. Also, shout out to Andre Iguodala for throwing down a dunk. I didn't know what year it was, but yeah, there it was. Threw down a dunk. The game, seven of the day, the last game, the Milwaukee Bucks, they were down and they came back because they're really good. And they beat the Kings 133-124 on the road. The big fella. Yeah, he's back. Giannis, and he took a tomato. 
I forgot that Giannis hurt his hand a bit before the All-Star break. And that's what he's been dealing with. This must have been a significant injury because he's still dealing with it a month later. 46, 12, and four, two threes, six of seven from the line, 68% from the field. Wow, that's great. Chrissy Middleton, 34 minutes. Oh, 34 minutes. That's tasty. 31 points, nine assists, five triples. He is back. Play the back-to-back? I don't think so, but he's back. Brookie Lopez ejected late. He played 37 minutes, 23 and eight, three blocks, four threes. I don't think he'll be suspended. I think the other guy might be. I don't think Brook will be, but watch that. Drew Holiday, 11-6-8, not his best night, and Grayson Allen didn't do very much. There was no um, Joe Ingles in this game. Remember that? But also, unbelievable data point here. When Giannis plays, we want nothing to do with Bob Portis. 3-3 three and three in 19 minutes. He is strictly, pretty much strictly, a backup behind uh, Lopez slash Giannis and not even really crossing over too much there. There's no value left in Bob Portis. You drop him. Wait for tomorrow. No point dropping if he's going to play tomorrow because Brook might get suspended or Giannis might rest or whatever. But it's not on a team where Giannis plays, Portis has no value. For the Kings, it was the usual suspects for them. Darren Fox, 35-8 and eight with five threes, two steals, and a block. Sabonis, 23-17-15 and 15 with no defensive stats. And Fander Pants went crazy. Wasn't enough to get the win, but 28 points with eight threes in 28 minutes for Kevin Herter. His minutes continue to be all over the place, as do Keegan Murray's. He was pulled very early in that third quarter for Kessler Edwards again. Seven points in 22 minutes for Keegan Murray. I, he's not been good at the moment. Um, the only thing that we, you would hold on is they play uh, two more games in the next two, three nights. They play Tuesday or Thursday. But otherwise, he is not a must roster player, nor is Malik Monk, 6-2-5 and five with two steals. And Trey Lyles played 26 minutes. The stream's off to a good start. 6-7-4, and four, two threes. Okay, numbers for a three and four night stream. He got ejected, and I think he's going to get suspended tomorrow. And if he gets suspended, then you drop him because one game of Trey Lyles isn't worth it to wait for on Thursday. So, yeah, again, I, Murray, Monk are not 12-team league guys. Harrison Barnes is not a must-roster 12-team league player. He had 14-4 and four with nothing else. But when I say they're not must-roster, it's like if you are just, I am holding on to Barnes, Murray, Monk, Lyles through anything, then you're wrong. I think. But if on a situation where the schedule makes sense, three games in four nights, then they can contribute. They're just not guys that you hold on to through bad schedule and no games played, any injuries or anything like that. Kessler Edwards didn't do anything, zero points in 18 minutes, but he was able to cut into Keegan Murray's minutes again. And Murray is, as I said, really struggling at the moment. The lines of the night, the monstrous does go to Yanni. The waiver wire is Gabriel Vincent. Your young gun is Jabari Smith. And the dud of the night is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Top 10 players for category leagues today. Number one was Giannis, followed by Kyle Anderson, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Lowry Markinen, Chris Middleton, Jabari Smith, Jimmy Butler, De'Aaron Fox, and Brooke Lopez. The top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Gabe Vincent played well. I don't really trust it. Corey Joseph, stream it if we know that he's playing tomorrow. David Roddy, a little bit interested here. A little bit interested. Definitely for 16, maybe for 14, possibly for 12. Josh Green, well, only if Kyrie and Luca are out. Jamichael Green, no, thank you. Eugene Omari, two games the next three nights. We're, we're involved. We're there. We can stream him in, I think. Aaron Neesmith, fluky game. Everyone should be back Thursday. Simone Fontecchio, they don't play till Saturday, so we can ignore that. Isaiah Jackson uh, might literally play zero minutes on Thursday. Not worried about that. And Jaden Hardy, the exact same situation as Josh Green. No Luca, no Kyrie. We stream him in. Top 10 players in points leagues today, number one, was Sabonis, followed by Giannis, Markinen, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Darren Fox, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson, and Clay 
Thompson and that guys will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.